comic books, like you were saying, often get a bad rap. Ninja Turtles get a bad rap for being kids stuff. And if if anybody's open to having their mind changed about the, that's the caveat. They have to they have to be open to giving the turtles a chance. Give them this book and be like, this is just one percent. This is a drop in the bucket of what the turtles have to offer. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes, you do that's, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your lovely co-host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is my partner in Ninja Turtle Crime, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hi. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, Josh is feeling better today. It's good to have him. And we have a returning uh, guest of the original co-host, the hoser himself, Mr. Jay Weezy. Landon. How you doing? Landon. <laughs> no, the better Josh. Oh. oh. Shots, Shots fired. fired already. And master of the whirling pizza. Oh, there he is. Jay oh, Weezy. I've missed that. I've missed that. It's good to have you back, man. How have you been? Oh, busy, but good. Definitely good. Missed you guys. It's really good to be back talking Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> I had to come back and make sure you guys didn't change it to a uh, a show entirely and totally about the Power Rangers. Power Rangers <laughs> podcast. Man, the Power Pod. We're here. Yeah. The Power we Pod. Yeah, we got to make that happen. Amen. Yeah. Well, you, they were talking about Beetleborgs, too. Yeah. VR Troopers. VR Troopers. We are VR. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, super excited to have you back, man. We 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 have certainly missed you. And uh boy, Josh got to pick the comic today and oh man, it was a good pick. I'm really excited about it. So Yeah, Josh Jay Weezy comes back and he gives us a comic that we have to think about. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> deep. It's deep. You're not kidding. I had to give him homework, you know. Yeah. No, I uh, like I had to look up like Hasidic Jewish folklore and all kinds right? of stuff. Yeah. Why do they all have stores and just you know, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was really interesting, like because I was thinking, I have no idea where you guys are in the different series. I want something that we can just take as an isolated story and talk about. It. I was like, well, Tales is perfect for that. Amen to that. And then I started thinking, well, I don't know how far they are along in Tales. I figure Josh talks about Power Rangers so much they can't be too. Bad. <laughs> so I was like, well, if I go to Volume Two, Issue Ten, that shouldn't be too far and shouldn't be too early. They probably haven't covered it yet, so. I just randomly picked it by by issue number, and yeah, within the first couple of pages, I was like, okay, this is exactly this is like quintessential tales where you just take a random story that's completely one off, and it goes super deep, and you get to learn something different that you never knew before. So, classic Jay Weezy just come at us with just, hey, have you guys read this? And we're like, what's that mean? <laughs> Because we haven't even, we at, at least Rob and I, we haven't touched the tales uh, of the TMNT comic series, the uh, 2001 series. We haven't touched it at all, and yeah. uh, mostly because I don't, I don't have any of them. I know that this is like Rob's like 
favorite series here. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. And oh, if so it good. and if this issue's any indication, I can see why. I mean, this they kind of just don't care. It'd be like, hey, we're gonna talk about folklore, and then they advertise the next issue, and it's like, you know, there's like brains and aliens and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they're all over the place in Tales. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? This is right after. Okay, so first of all, this is volume two, issue ten. This is right after the famous volume two, issue nine. You know, this is back to back, two of the greatest stories I've read in a long time of uh, Ninja Turtles. So, man, they were on a roll in the uh, early 2000s here. So I'm really excited to to jump on board with this one. This one's a good one. So before we get to it, guys, a couple of things I wanted to get out of the way. First of all, we're going to have Michael Dialinus. I think that's his name. I hope I'm saying that right. On the very next episode of Turtle Flakes, we're returning to the IDW Mutation Station. And we're covering uh, IDW issue 91. And the artist of that issue is coming on board to talk about it. So it's, it's really exciting to, to kind of talk to somebody that's, that's right in the thick of it right now. And, uh, he does a wonderful job with the turtles. So we're very excited about that and stay tuned for that. That'll be next week. Dude, that's huge. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And it was easy, Josh. All I had to do was just reach out to him on Facebook. I said, Hey, or no, it was Twitter. I said, Hey, big fan of what you're doing right now. Would you ever want to come on? And within Dude, like an awesome. hour, he just got back to us and said, yeah, sure. Wow, <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, it's so nice and it's so comforting and, and uh, reassuring to know that these, these people are so easygoing and, and flexible uh, and are so gifted and talented. Uh, it's just, it's, it's awesome to be able to reach out to people that are just so easygoing like that. So really excited to finally talk to them. Hopefully it sounds great now, but like you, it sounds great now, but like just wait until he finds out we can't pay him. Yeah. <laughs> no, we told him you were covering the bill, Josh. Hey, no yeah, Josh got it. You're like, we told him Josh is going to pay you in all of his Ninja Turtle action figures. He'll yeah. send you 20 figures for every minute you're on. You know what? I Did think like my now? wife would be okay with that. <laughs> just get these stupid toys out of here. Just, just... <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'll be right back. Sure. Right. So, well, well, Josh is taking care of his thing. I'll go ahead and uh, promote some of the other fellow podcasters in a segment I like to call Hot Rotting Podcasters from Dimension X. It's been kind of a slow week as far as Ninja Turtle podcasts go, uh, but if you haven't checked out Turtle Power Podcast, uh, the last episode they did, Ryan Alex released a show on, I think, February 2nd, where they talked about some comic releases like issue 91. They also talked about the 1990 TMNT film score that's now on CD. I was awesome. Uh, oh, dude, I ordered that. Yeah. Oh, you I'm, got I'm, it. Oh, yeah. lucky yeah. dog. I got it. Yeah, but I ordered it. Nice, nice. Yeah, is that the one that has the different colored CDs and like a uh, poster that Kevin Eastman drew and, and stuff? There's like a there's like a bundle pack with one of them. I don't think I got the bundle pack. All I saw, like I saw it was released on vinyl and everybody was, I think, I think they were upset. I don't know if because it was only on vinyl or because it sold out. So they asked them to do it on CD and I, I don't remember. It wasn't that much. I think I only paid something like 20 bucks. So I doubt that I had all that, wow. but yeah, I definitely ordered it, though. Well, the score alone is fantastic, and it was so hard to find. I actually have the original CD that they released, oh, gosh, I'd say probably when right after the movie came out, or, or at least mid-'90s. And, yeah, they're, they're missing about half the soundtrack. So it's oh. so nice to have everything complete, and including, remember the first song? You know that song? I remember it sounding better than that. 
Oh, okay. Stop. Oh, stop. Oh, <laughs> okay, Josh is back. No question. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Josh, Josh ruins everything. That's a TV yeah, show. There it is, yeah. yeah, I've been. I, I was looking at that soundtrack this morning, too. It's still up for pre-order, and I'm just thinking, it's, it's 20 bucks. I'm like, that's nothing. That's not you bad. Know, you yeah, know, I, I pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking about it. I mean, I know I got taxes, but I, I just got a lot of stuff, you know, uh, recently. And I was like, maybe one more thing. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Yeah, but you know what, though? Like, in all honesty, I'm not a music guy. I don't listen to any music. Not that I don't like, not that I dislike music, but like, I don't listen to music. And like, when am I honestly going to sit down and listen to this whole thing? And it's just. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe I will. I'm not sure yet. So that's on waxworksrecords.com. Wax Say that really fast. Waxworks. Waxworks. Oh, good deal. Well, awesome. Yeah, check that out, guys. And uh, again, Turtle Power Podcast, they were the ones who were talking about it. So I just want to give a quick slice of pizza to them and, and just let everyone know that they do a wonderful job. If you've not heard that podcast, go check them out. Um, and also, the only thing new that I noticed this this week was TMNT Minute just released an episode in their back issue series, and it's dedicated to the Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything trade. So go check that one out if you get the chance, guys. And um, and if I could just say to Zach from Booyaka Show, please come back. All right, I love that show. If you're listening, please come back. I think that was an awesome premise. He was covering episode by episode the Nickelodeon series. And um, I thought he did a wonderful job with it. So, Josh, if you're listening, or Josh, listen to me. Zach, if you're listening, please come back. And a big slice goes out to Turtle Power Pod, TMNT Power Hour, TMNT Dare Talk, and other wonderful Ninja Turtle podcasts out there. So, kudos and Calabunga, my friends. All right. So, we did get some feedback this week. We have a ton, and I owe Mr. Carlson a major apology because he sent three in over the last three weeks, and I don't think I've gotten to share one of his on the show yet. So I am going to read one of those real quick, and then maybe we can play a phone call and get into the comic. What do you guys say? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Let me see here. So I'll pick the earliest one that Mr. Carlson sent us. Now, he goes by T-O-F-F-E. Does anyone know how to say that? Tof? Tof? T-O-F-F-E? Yes, T O F F E. Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine that's tough. We're gonna, I mean, yeah, I'd go with tough. Tough. Tough E would be two E's. You would think True. so. Yeah, and, and incredibly too. You're so a cunning yeah. linguist, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So if, if um, we get it wrong, it's Josh's fault. Can't okay. we just call this dude John? Can't, you know, just your well, name's Remember, John. I, I called him Chris, and he called me out on it. He did not like that, so I was like, Ooh, Ooh, won't do busted. that again. So okay, I'll, I'll try it here. He says, "Yo, guys, tough here. Where to start?" Hmm. Well, you did ask about the movie, so that's as good as any. But honestly, as I said before, it's too early to care, and and after what happened with The Last Jedi, I kind of want to kill all the hype and theorizing so it, it doesn't lead to disappointment, which leads to sadness, which leads to hate, and you know the rest. That said, I cannot stop myself from coming up with some crazy <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Get out of here with your Star Wars. What are you doing? <laughs> my guy, my guy. Don't you? Hey, you, you're in the minority now, buddy. Jay Weiss is a big Star Wars fan. That's well, fine. O'Rourke guys... doesn't like Star Wars. Big surprise. He also doesn't like joy or happiness. Or <laughs> <laughs> so true. I know. Josh ruins everything. He's just upset that the dark side doesn't win all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <coughs> it may... <laughs> See, it's killing him. It's killing him. Oh, Jamie's He's forced choking himself. Oh, there we go. Be careful about the choke on your aspirations, Josh. <laughs> 
So uh, Tom goes on to say, number one. So these are his theories, I guess, on the Ninja Turtle movie coming up. He says, number one, Turtle High. Using sci-fi science and or Naruto ninja magic, the turtles disguise themselves as humans and go to high school, the same school as April and the gang leader's son, Casey. Hijinks ensue. Theory number two. In a world... Oh, this is TMNT. P.A. for post-apocalypse. In a world almost destroyed by global warming and World War III featuring aliens, four brothers have to come together again to save their home of New York Island and new and old enemies return. And yes, it's heavily based on Future Turtles from the Adventure Comics with some TMNT movie, or TMNT the movie thrown in. Uh, I could go more in depth, but you have no time to read fanfics when there are more comics and tunes to talk about. If you guys are talking about Turtles 2020, I must say it's one of the more grim Turtles stories out there if you think about it. The Turtles are stuck in an endless war of whack-a-mole with doomsday weapons with one screw-up away from an annihilation. And yet they, or at least Mikey, are pretty optimistic about the whole thing. I guess that's why in my IDW prediction, I made the Dragon Warrior God into something unstoppable because it feels to me at least that the IDW Turtles um, getting away a bit too easy with things, let me say. Let me explain. They have beaten the ninja mob boss, an alien despot, a semi-rogue government agent, and demigods with relative ease. And even when things go bad, they still got a plan or help. And as the Swedish saying goes, they clear the beef. I like that. Clear the beef. There needs to be a t-shirt based on that saying. Wasn't it? I thought it was where's the beef. Where's the beef? Yeah, yeah. Wendy's, right? So I think it's time for a villain that would make them feel utter despair for at least half of a trade. I don't know. Ghost Shredder shows up with the god-killing MacGuffin sword. Like they try <laughs> to use Honeycutt's transporter to beam the dragon god into the sun. And he is all like, hey, remember when Toad Baron's magic tunnel... That led you to fight Manmouth? Guess who taught him that? And the tele- and then teleports back. Just a little more crispy. Then he spanks them and leaves. Because why would a god even bother to kill them? Plus, if we are going to guess crazy plot twists, instead of fighting the world's government, governments, uh, the Dragon Lord asks them if they want to team up. Go to the Neutrinos for sending the Triceratons to Earth. And they're like, okay. And then the Turtles are all stuck in a war of the worlds. But who cares about my mad ramblings? Let's talk 2003 cartoon. Only because I flippin' love the Turtle Titan, and one of my biggest disappointments with Nick CGI series is that Mikey's superhero alter ego was some lame bug thing. Could at least have thrown in a name drop or something. Also, Silver Sentry is pretty cool for a Superman knockoff. Gets lightning weapons later in the series because of the toy tie-in silliness. And gonna love some random supervillain that has nothing to do with the Turtles. That's something I really love that Mirage did. Other shows should do that too. And now I need to go to bed. I'll see ya. Some good stuff. He theorized about the upcoming film, which I do like the idea of the high school. That sounded pretty funny. And um, he was also talking about some love for, what was it, the Unconvincing Turtle Titan, the episode we just watched of the 2003 series. And I really like that episode too. And I thought one really interesting thing he brought up is the fact that the Turtles through IDW, overall, they've, they've had a relative easy time resolving a lot of conflicts here. So uh, so what do you think about that, Josh? So, like, in terms of, I mean, Turtle Titan was cool. I thought the idea of Michelangelo, like, wanting to be an actual costume superhero was, like, such a kid thing to do. Mm-hmm. And Michelangelo is the one turtle that can get away with stuff like that. And I, I, I thought it was hilarious. 
I did have Rob maybe question the the merits of Silver Sentry when it was like you basically have Superman in your TV show and you never use him again. <laughs> Where it's just like, hey, you see that Shredder dude? You could just destroy him in two seconds. Can you take care of that for us? You know, boom, can, story arc over. Series. Yeah, over. can you be can you be a buddy? The series is over in a weekend. Yeah, so, <laughs> but like in terms of the IDW comics, it always seems easier in hindsight. You know go back to when you first read those issues, you were just like, Oh my God, what's the turtles going to do next? And it, it, you know, that's also just like the problem with long form storytelling where like they're kind of can, IDW is probably hoping they can get 10 years out of this book. Oh, that's so crazy. it's never going to be like, you know, issue 50, they just, the turtles die and they have to figure out a way to not be dead anymore. You know, whereas it can't always I get what you're saying, where like you want more consequences for these stakes that they say that they have, but they also have to uh, feed the possibility that they're going to be doing a comic until 2022, which is 10 years after they started, you yeah. know, um, so it's just one of those things that you have to forego. You have to forego conclusions uh, until they've decided that they're done and they're going to reboot it you know, or, or start or reset the status quo for a new creative team. Cause eventually Tom Waltz isn't going to write this book anymore, you know, and eventually Kevin Eastman is going to go do something else, you know? Yeah. So let me ask you something. So the, the series started in what? 2011? 2011, I think. Wow. So we are coming up on almost 10 years now. Isn't that hard yeah. to believe? It still That's feels crazy. brand new to me, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. I was thinking the same thing. It's incredible. And, and the fact that, Tom Waltz has been so actively involved in everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of people will, will consider him, if, if not already, probably one of the greatest Turtles writers of all time. I mean, um, it, it's what a wonderful era we're at. And or Jay Weezy, if you've not been kind of keeping up with some of the current stuff, oh, man, now's the time to jump on board because they're, they're getting close to the City at War arc right here. And it's some of the best stuff I've I've read so far. It's it's just a wonderful time, and man, it's hard to believe we're coming up on ten years. <clears throat> yeah, I'm really far behind. I have like I bought a collection that had almost all of the issues up to a certain point. I don't know what issue number, but I don't know the first like twenty or forty issues or whatever I bought mm -hmm. from somebody, and you know we started talking about them, and I read. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe ten in, and then I got busy, and I haven't read much since then. And then I I just bought issue I think ninety one is that the latest one? That's uh, the yeah. latest. Just yeah. came out this week. Yeah, so I I bought it and I read it because I weren't I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it today. And wow, like I read that <laughs> issue, I was like, I am so far behind. It's not even yeah. funny. And I'm like, I'm so intrigued as to how they got to the point in the story that they're at right now. Like it's. <laughs> I bet you when, you when you found out Splinter was head of the foot climb, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> what did that happen? What's going on here? I was like, did O'Rourke like, start sending in letters and screw up this whole thing? Like, what is going on here? Like, yeah, you're crossover. welcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to, like, to talk about that and to learn what the heck has happened. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, like I said, man, I'm excited for you because this is such a cool time to jump on board. And we have a phone call. We actually have two. I don't know if we have time to play both. One's from Va Rob Veach, and the other one's from our buddy Baxter. So which one do you guys want to hear? Oh, we got to hear Rob, man. He's sure. always got the hot takes. All right, all right. So that sounds good. The Turtle Con. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. 
This is Donatello. Come in. Hey, California dudes. It's Rob Beach calling in. Um, so I just want to talk about, I want to defend the IDW crew a little bit. It's come out, like it came up on the last issue, and I think, like Josh in particular, you seem to feel that uh, with, like, issue 44, they killed Donatello and then took it right back. Um, but I'm like, no, that's, that's not how it happened. <laughs> they, did, they did a classic comic, you know, cliffhanger. It, it, here, okay, so here's the thing. Like, if you were just reading the comics, it's a cliffhanger. No one says he's dead. They certainly make it look like that. But come on, it's a comic book. It's it's a cliffhanger. You 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 know what to expect. I think what happened is just that. Uh, I like this guy. You know, like one news <laughs> site too. picked it up and was like, one of the Ninja Turtles has died, and everybody else kind of ran with that, and it got reported all over. And I think the story just really got away from them in in the way that I I think the uh, the IDW crew would say they did they probably didn't expect. So anyway, I just I just want to I just want to defend them a little bit. Like, <laughs> no, like no, they you know they teased it, but they they never said he was dead. It was the reporting that really got away. So you know you you just wrong, homie. That's all. <laughs> um, anyway, Gee, we gotta bring show. him Keep on. It he up, is guys. Oh, radi- radical Rob. Oh man, calling in I, and and I love that. Calling out, Josh. I'm all about it. <laughs> okay, great. Hey, Josh, you, you picked yeah. this one. <laughs> I know, yeah, because I thought Rob and I were friends, man. <laughs> I will say this real quick. I do remember the articles, man. They, remember when that happened? It blew up. Oh, dude, it, every article had the same headline where it's like, the Ninja Turtle has died. It was, yeah. you know, <laughs> I expected to see uh, pictures of, like, Batman slapping Michelangelo being like, Donatello was dead. You know? <laughs> it was bad. And you know what? I will, I will give Rob some credit. But I do remember when uh, I do remember reading uh, issue forty four. I haven't read it in a while, but I remember it. They never specifically say, "Holy crap, Donatello is dead." Yeah. They never. I don't. I don't believe they ever say that. But if you look at the big single page spread, it's Donatello on the ground being cradled by Splinter, with everyone standing around him, either crying or really mad, and there's just blood everywhere and he's kind of very obviously dead it doesn't need to be stated you know if they had said oh my god donatello was dead it would seem stupid and redundant you know you it it would be comical almost because it's just kind of like it would have been like nelson going ha ha and pointing you know that's exactly (laughs) what we've done and then in the next issue, I mean, they let you sit and stew on it for a month, which is kind of baller, if you ask me. I like that. Um, and then, like, within a couple pages, Fugitoid was like, hey, I've got it. He's, he's still alive, but he's massively unconscious, almost in a near-death state. Okay, fine. But I just didn't like the fact that – I still don't really like the fact that, you know, yeah, they didn't say he's dead – but look at the picture that's there, the the, the picture that Mattias Santaluco drew. It, he's dead. He is dead. And I, that, that's why I don't blame all the trades and the rags just going crazy. They, they probably shouldn't have gone as crazy as they had with their clickbait headlines going, Donatello is dead or Ninja Turtle is dead or whatever. But he got hit in the face with a sledgehammer. You die when that happens. 
I'm sorry. I will I will say this, you know, even with the no dialogue, oh man, I think that's the one of the well, I was going to say is that the first time we've seen such I mean, it blatantly obvious it looks like the person is dead kind of thing with the turtles. I the only thing I can think of is image might have done that. I think like the only other time, well like yeah, I know what you're talking about with the image books, but like yeah, when Raphael got blown in half, but like Raphael was talking while that happened. He was like, "Oh yeah, dude, this sucks." Ugh. <laughs> and like the only time IDW has kind of flirted with the idea of a character dying for a story point for story purposes was the beginning of City Fall when Shredder uh, stabs Casey Jones and Casey Jones goes oh, to the cool. hospital. And outside of those two instances, they've never really flirted with. A, char- a main character dying. At, at least in the IDW verse, you know, so yeah. far. Yeah, that, that's that, what I That was yeah, quite shocking, time. yeah. Hey, Rob, thanks for the phone call, man. That was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and he's trying to get on the show, and he's just like, man, man, you know. That, I mean, we could have that two Josh, Robs man. and two Joshes. Why not? Oh, my gosh. And we wouldn't have to change any of our intros. Yes. <laughs> Still Rob and Josh. <laughs> I put an abbreviation there. It'd be like Robs and Joshes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Turtle Flake squared. <laughs> All right. Well, good deal. Well, uh, so Baxter, thank you um, for calling in. I promise you we will get to your phone call in the next episode. Uh, thank you so much for, for all that, man. And uh, and thank you guys so much for the feedback. Boy, they've just come rolling in, and it's, it's fantastic and it's super exciting to uh, to hear everyone's opinions about not just not just the cartoons. There's people calling in about the toys the IDW run right now. So just keep those phone calls coming and emails coming. And speaking of which the question of this week is what do you guys think of issue 10 from tales volume two or just tales volume two in general? Do you have any memories with this particular era of the TMNT you'd like to share on the show? So that is a question of the week. And if you write into us or give us a call, we'll be happy to share your thoughts on the show. Um, I guess real quickly, we do have time for this. Did anyone get any turtle pickups before the before we get into the comic? Uh, yeah, I picked up um, TMNT Smash Up for the Wii. Oh um, wow! I think oh, I wow. bought, I think I bought two copies, hoping to send one of them to Rob. Hey. This was a while ago since I was on the show. Uh, I feel like that one's kind of hard to find. So when I found it, I picked up both copies. Wow! Um, and then I also picked up. What was it? Battle Nexus? TMNT Battle Nexus on the GameCube. Oh, wow. I've not I, I played it. I've heard, heard that. that it's good. Yes, I've heard that too. Um, and then I got TM, I got a flash cartridge for my uh, Game Boy, and I tried out TMNT Battle Nexus for the GBA. Uh, that was very interesting. Um, the artwork is really, really cool. And it's weird, like, when you first play with a turtle, you have to get your weapon. So you start with uh, Shuriken. It's the artwork is awesome. The gameplay, I'm still trying to figure out. It seems very different than what I was expecting. It's not your traditional side-scrolling beat-em-up. Yeah, mm. I actually think I played that one on the GBA, and I remember really enjoying it. I think that was one of the better ones, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, what about you there, Rourke Steady? Uh, I got a couple things. Um, I got the, uh, um, let's see, the NECA toys put out the 1990s Ninja Turtles action figures based on that first movie and they're at a uh they a couple of years ago they came out with a quarter scale the 18 inch action figures and so this time this year they scaled them down to about six and a half inches to a six and a half inch scale last year they were a comic-con exclusive but they had they reached a deal with gamestop 
to actually release those figures as a GameStop exclusive. So I bought uh, those four turtles. Um, Dude, those look sick. I do not blame you. Like I know. <laughs> I haven't bought toys in a long time, but if I was going to, those would be the ones. Like, those looked amazing. They're really cool. They're a lot of fun to kind of pose around. I got a lot of really good um, action poses out of them. They're really, they're they're the only ninja, they're the only action figures I've ever been able to, like, stand up from, like, a knee, putting a turtle at, like, a knee, at, like, on one knee. Wow. And, like, (laughs) stand there. Where I know that sounds kind of weird, but, like, I've never been able to do that before. And you can just, Go ahead and put them there. They're super sturdy. Uh, the uh, the the joints and the hips have like ratchets on them, so you can. They're kind of hard to pose, and you kind of got to be careful with them uh, because it is NECA, and their quality control is absolutely a joke. Uh, so that's why I don't buy NECA stuff because they don't give it. To- they sell broken toys, even though they should. But uh, they seemingly took really good care of putting these action figures together. The only th- like real complaint I have about them is that the uh, the elbow joints, uh, while they're not, and I wrote I wrote a review on them, so like they feel really loose while you're po- posing them. But once you've got them in a pose, they don't go anywhere, so that's good. But they just feel loose. I'm really hesitant to like really move them around. Uh, so I got those four, and I got the other. The other turtles that NECA put out recently, which was the four baby turtles. Four um, baby turtles. Oh, you beat me oh, to it. Tur- <laughs> <laughs> I got those, and they actually come with a bunch of accessories for the quarter scale Ninja Turtles, which is cool. They come with a uh, an in scale Dom- uh, um, Domino's pizza box and some extra what? slices. Yeah, that's Dude. all that. That's my favorite part. Where did you get yeah. this? I I bought the I bought the baby turtle thing on Amazon. They're readily available on Amazon, and they're pretty cheap. They're only for it, it's forty bucks. You get these four Ninja Turtles, the four baby turtles, and you get some accessories for your quarter scale Ninja Turtles. So you get an in scale uh, Domino's pizza box, and to avoid uh, licensing uh, disagreements, it's not called. It doesn't say Domino's on it. It says tile game uh, pizza, <laughs> but, it's, but it's got like the little address marker on it. So it's, it's like North 128 and an eighth street. Oh, that's funny. And, yeah, and it's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it though, comes with a coupon was... for Domino's Pizza. Dude. And it also comes with another accessory for Michelangelo, the quarter scale Michelangelo, where it's got his, fing- it's his hand with uh, his index finger pointed up. And remember in the movie when he spun his nunchuck on his finger? Oh, yeah. He's squaring off with that one foot soldier with the nunchucks, and he spins his nunchuck on his finger. It's actually got a nunchuck that you can stick into the index finger and spin. Oh, nice. Keep practicing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's how I have mine posed out right now with that little thing on it. And it's it's pretty cool. It's a good value. Like, the actual baby turtles themselves don't really have any articulation outside of the shoulders. Uh, because they're just meant to be like they're meant to like stand in the pizza box with a slice of pizza, and they're pretty cool. I like them. That's a good pickup, man. You guys, you guys smoked me. Yeah, all I got was uh, issue ninety one. Yeah, that's all I got this week. So, <laughs> you guys, you guys smoked me on that one. That was awesome. So, Josh, I'm looking at your turtles nineties action figures on GameStop because I was curious, yeah. and it looks like it's it, the price is ninety one ninety nine, but it says currently unavailable online. And it also says online only, so I'm guessing if you're gonna get these, you gotta find them. If anyone still has them in the store, how long ago did you buy those? 
I got them last week. Uh, I think I I got them delivered on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. So yeah, they were an online only exclusive from GameStop, and actually they came out like on the sixth of this month. They were sold out immediately, and GameStop got a restock of it, and so I picked them up when they restocked them. So maybe they'll do that again. This this is interesting though. Um, I just I just searched Go- uh, Ninja Turtles on uh, GameStop's website. They've mm-hmm. got a Ninja Turtles 1990 Mutagen canister replica for fifty bucks by NECA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a they've got a mutagen canister, which is a replica, and they've got Casey Jones's mask, which is oh, a replica. Dude, that's cool. Um, and then they have I do I just happen to notice on here they have since they have retro games on here, they have Turtles Three Manhattan Project on sale for twenty six ninety nine. That's not a terrible that's, price. I was gonna say that's not a bad price for that game. That's really yeah. not. That's about what I got mine for. Yeah, that's pretty good. I dare yeah. say that is the best Ninja Turtles on the NES. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I really I love that game, and I love the soundtrack to that game. I I think I just I just prefer that one. I think. I mean, come on, you get the surf in it for crying out loud. Yeah, right. Oh, dude, yeah. Smash Up is ten bucks now. I should stop looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> I totally paid more than that one. Well, you bought two of them. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I could have got some action figures. Yeah, yeah you no kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, sweet guys. Well, what, what do you say we get into this comic? I'm I'm excited to talk about this. Let's do yeah. it, huh? Let's do it! Let's do it! Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. Alright, so uh, this particular comic book here came out in... Let me get my, my notes up here. This is Volume 2, Issue 10, which came out in April of 2005. So it's, it's hard to believe this book right here is already 14 years old or, or coming up on it. It's 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 incredible. Like at least for me, this was my favorite era of the Turtles comics. I really like the older Turtles. I like the ongoing, of course, Volume Four, what Peter Laird was doing there with Jim Lawson. But I love these short stories, and this is just another example of that. Different writer this time. Issue nine. It was the Path by Jim Lawson. This one was uh, written by Steve Murphy, who, of course, we all know Steve Murphy is. Dean Clarain in the Turtles Adventures, and of course he did a lot of uh, stuff with Volume 1. And it's so good to have him here as a mainstay in Tales and Volume 4, and he does a wonderful job here. It's it's fantastic. Dude, did you say The Path? Yes, I did. Seriously? The last one, 9, was The Path? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's crazy. You had these two great stories back-to-back in, in 2005. Are you crying Man. right now? I'm getting there. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I'm getting there. Oh, feeling foot clamped. <laughs> Did you say foot clamped? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. You know, so the artwork. I will say this just right off the bat, up front. This uh, Disraeli guy. Uh, his real name's Matt Brooker. Wonderful artwork artist right here. I thought it, he his artwork complemented this story so incredibly well. And he, he does most of layouts, and he also did the cover along with Eric Talbot as well. The only the only uh, different writer is that William Potter did the frontispiece, and Peter Laird had created some of the the creatures in the frontispiece, and that's it. So uh, That means th- front cover for those of you who aren't, like, college-educated for me. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm college-educated. I didn't know what the Go-bongo! that was. <laughs> I just I just went to nursing school. They didn't. All they told us what we, is what we needed to know. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's that's all that matters. That's all that matters. So uh, so yeah, it was so nice. By the way, to 
pull this this back out here because I had bought in this issue. Bought in. Listen Boughten. English Jeez. teacher? Some Boughten. English teacher. Jeez, I need to retire. You, 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 you need to go to nursing what, school like me. What <laughs> piece is, but you don't. You just bought in something. What are you talking Gosh, I'm telling you, I, have to, I, I need more coffee. So I bought this issue way back, I guess, when it came out. Completely forgot the story. Completely forgot the story. So when I uh, pulled it out this morning to, to read it and review it, oh my goodness. It, it was like reading it for the first time. So... To start everything out, the story opens up with Donatello um, recollecting on the works of John Keel's bizarre story, Strange Creatures from Time and Sp- – in my notes, but Time and Spice. Time and Space. <laughs> time, as he- time is a spice. Now that's true. <laughs> it's that so good true. to be back, Ryan. Oh, I don't get to I, make I, these jokes. Like, it's oh, great. I've missed it. I've missed it. <laughs> Hey, Josh O'Rourke hasn't said a word yet. That's great. I know. <laughs> this is just is like old school. Reference? I don't know. Is that... <laughs> oh, I can hear his eye roll. So he says uh, – or so he's surrounded by a, a ton of neat alien creatures, and they were all designed by Peter Laird, which I can totally believe that. And, you know, the whole point of the first uh, scene is, you know, it says perhaps we should embrace the bizarre phenomenon that we cannot explain or understand. Like Josh and... O'Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> just can't understand that, so you just have to roll with it. And that kind of sets the tone for pretty much the theme of this entire issue, that there are just some things that we don't understand. And boy, what a deep concept. I know on the surface, this is just a Ninja Turtles comic book, but there is so much more going on in this issue. And I can't wait to get there. So, And it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, there's just some things we can't understand. At the end of issue 91 that I read, uh, there's like a, a little featurette at the end of it that talks about that, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Uh, oh, and you oh, know, no, actually, I lied. It's the end of this issue. I lied. I got him confused. Oh, yeah, yeah, the short story by... Yeah, the um, short story at the end? Yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 I, I think they complement each other so well, these two stories. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, you're so, talking about the one that's after the uh, the letters page? Yeah. With the, yeah, with the Utrum. Oh, man, I feel so stupid because I got to the letters page and I thought I was done. So I was like, oh, okay, that was a good book. I did not realize that there was another story <laughs> So uh, the title of this issue is Kaddish, I believe. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not sure. And Kaddish is an ancient Jewish prayer of mourning that is recited after the death of a parent or close relative. It's also the title of this issue. We're not going to spoil it yet. Uh, we will in a couple minutes as we go through page by page. And yeah, so and as you guys can probably tell from the cover, there's a lot of like uh, messianic or uh, Jewish imagery. There's uh, some symbols. There's people that look like they're wearing, and I am no by no means an expert on this, which is one of the reasons why it's so interesting. I want to say Orthodox Jewish, maybe, where they're wearing a hat, so I think they have more restrictions on what they can wear. So you can kind of see that this is a very <laughs> special community, and you can even see them wearing it like in the background of the Kaddish, in like kind of like the title page. Yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah the, the silhouettes. So I just thought that was funny. Where he's, these guys, they're wearing hats, and I just lost it. I'm sorry. So <laughs> you can tell how religious these guys are. They're wearing hats. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I kind of feel like I shouldn't mention that, but okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so it takes place in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, and the artwork is great. Uh, it's yeah, it's black and white, but it's very very detailed. And I actually looked up. There's so get ready for this issue, guys, because you're gonna need like Wikipedia and Google to understand most of it. Like not most of the issue, <laughs> but like 
all the references. It is so cool. So I recently moved into an area where it is uh, mostly Middle Eastern folks, and there's a lot of signs and stores and things that I just don't understand and words I don't understand. And that's kind of what this issue is, and I love that. I love getting to explore uh, other cultures and learn things as to how they do things and why. You learn new foods. It's it's great. So that's one of the things I love about this issue. And this issue uh, takes place in a very, very small community in Brooklyn. It's It says Crown Heights, and I actually looked it up on Wikipedia. And uh, in Crown Heights, the Wikipedia article actually talks about a, there's a uh, significant number of Hasidic Jews, uh, which I think is a it's a sect of the Jewish religion. Um, they're Orthodox, and I don't know all of their all the things that they do differently, but it's just really interesting that it's a they're they're targeting it on the small community. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how the issue starts. It puts you in this this very small neighborhood of uh, of this. Uh, community of Jewish people, and yeah, it goes from there. So uh, you can see there's a bunch of uh, stores. So there's Goldstone's Pharmacy and uh, also a general store, and it looks like somebody busted into uh, into the stores, and you can see all the members of the community coming in and like just being shocked that someone's been breaking into their stores, and they mention that it's the 12th time this month, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, then you see this shadow on one of the buildings as they're talking, and they turn around, and the shadow, I don't know about you guys, as soon as I saw that shadow, I started thinking Fugitoid. Ah, it does remind you of that, for sure. Yeah, like, just the actual outline of them. Yeah, and one crazy thing is that I never noticed, now, Rocksteady and I, we just covered this issue not that that long ago, uh, during Splinter's funeral, in the ongoing at this time, that was back in August of 2003, the funeral for Splinter, and Gollum actually is at that funeral, which is weird, because we don't actually get his story till this one, which is in 2005. Oh, it's dude, that's weird. crazy. It's like a little Easter egg there that I'd never noticed before. And I get the impression that this happens before all the team. I, I always got the impression that, like, everything between Volume 2 and Volume 4 is what Tales, Tales is yeah. about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Donatello could very well still be a teenager here. Or, you know, this this is before volume four after City at War is kind of where this all takes place in my head, I think, because yeah. I've never heard of concrete. Like I said, I don't know anything about the second volume of Tales. I don't have any of these. I just thought I, I really appreciate Jay Weezy being on this show because like he broke down the actual religious aspect of this one section of Brooklyn. And <laughs> I, and I, I really finding out the backgrounds of the people that are. Uh, in this community and the religion that they follow, and I'm just sitting over here thinking, "Ooh, big monster breaking the stores, <laughs> <laughs> big clay monster, yay, get him!" <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah. To me, it's fascinating. Like, yeah. we actually near us there, there's a community that's similar to this. That's mostly Jewish, uh, Jewish people, and we're driving through, and we saw them walk around with these hats, and I didn't know what they were. And then I found out that they were uh, Orthodox uh, Jewish people. And it's interesting to me. I don't know why I find it so fascinating, but um, for certain Orthodox Jews, you can't use um, you can't use a car on the Sabbath. So you actually have to live within walking distance of your temple. So oh, wow. they have to live together. They have to live in this community. It's so fascinating. <laughs> wow. Um, I just yeah, I just love that they they make you think about this stuff and learn about it. It's so cool. Um, yeah, you're making me you're you're giving me a new appreciation for this because I I was very stereotypical in my thinking and like not in like a bad way or anything, but like I saw 
the Hasidic Jewish people, and I immediately knew, oh, okay, well, I know who they are. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, just like you said, men with hats, they go to synagogue. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I knew enough. And, but like hearing, I really appreciate everything you're saying about it because I, I just wouldn't have gone into that much research. And you're really making me uh, look at this issue in a new way. Like, <laughs> look at that. He's being nice to you, Josh. What about that? I, I'm not, I'm definitely not an expert, but it's cool. The only reason I know some of the stuff is just being around the people and learning about it. It's so cool. And I, I love that they encourage that by focusing on them in this issue. It's so cool. Yeah. And everybody in my background is all Catholic. So, I mean, what do I know? You know, I, <laughs> right, yeah. I know about, I know about Hasidic Jews from law and order episodes. You know, it's just, <laughs> really <about> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say this, like the artwork is wonderful. I think the people look so yeah. realistic. So this, this Israeli guy does a wonderful job. And there's so many uh, scenes that I've picked out. There's scenes in motion, you know, like when Donatello gets kicked into that van here in a little bit. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, it just looks so good. And then there's another one where Don tells about to jump out this this um, window, and it just it looks fantastic. I've not seen another artist do it quite like this, but yeah, yeah. So what happens is the Jewish citizens they're angry at the police, and they decide to kind of take matters in their own hands, uh, following this giant in the shadows through the alleyways. And it's kind of funny because Donnie just happens to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, he's just looking through a pile of scrap. Uh, for some parts, I guess, in the middle of the night. And then he's all of a sudden he's surrounded by this mob of Jewish store owners and they're calling him the thief and everything, accusing him of doing all the, all the crime. And, uh, and I like how Donnie's like, look, I don't want to fight anybody. He's very non-confrontational. Yeah. He's a pacifist. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. And, uh, and Gollum's watching everything from above, you know, as they're surrounding Donnie and everything. And like, what is he doing? Why is he robbing these stores and everything? And then you find out this is when I was immediately this is when I was hooked because Gollum he walks away he he enters this home and he's ascending the stairs and he enters this boy's bedroom and places fruit and medicine beside a table in the darkness oh and he also says to uh, to a boy he says hi Ben here are your medicines how do you like the fresh fruit I bought you so in my mind when I was reading this I'm like okay well this guy's not a villain all right this is definitely not a villain right here right. Uh, so this is when I was hooked. And the, there's a, there's one panel here uh, when he's coming up the stairs. So it's it's a kind of a a curling uh, staircase, a winding staircase that goes up yeah. in a circle. Oh yeah. And it's looking down, and you see the the banister at the top, and the light from the window is coming through and ca- casting shadows uh, from the banister onto him, and it makes him look like he's behind bars in prison. Oh yeah, yeah, nice touch. It's so cool. Like I love the detail. I love kind of the symbolism that he's kind of trapped in this role and trapped here. And it's just amazing. Like that this one panel says so much and and talks about the art style. I just love it. You got to see it. Man, Jay Weezy's smart cuz I'm still sitting here going, "Ooh, big monster." <laughs> <laughs> big monster, take care of boy, give medicine. Yeah. Which, which by the way, so so you've hear you've heard Josh and Rob uh refer to this guy by name, but at this point I, I have no idea who he is. Like and I'm thinking big monster, like Josh said. Like yeah, all you yeah. see you just see this huge thing. It looks like a to me a really big fugitoid or something. Just like this big thing watching and yeah. just some monster. You have no idea what it is. Alright. Yeah. Rob, you were doing great. Why don't you why don't you keep going? Oh, okay. Uh <laughs> So uh, later, it's like shortly after this, so you're like, wow, what, what's, this, what's this monster all about? 
So shortly after this, you see a bruised up Donatello, which I thought was a nice touch because chances are he probably didn't lay a hand on these guys. Oh, I didn't notice a- that. Yeah, yeah. So he's taking a beating from these guys. Yeah. Uh, but he, he makes his escape and he's doing some research about the Jewish neighborhood and then covers, uncovers the ongoing investigation into the crimes. So as Donnie's doing his own investigating, he, he, uh, oh, I'm sorry. He slips out of the sewers then, I guess a night later and he's doing his own investigating. And that's when he discovers dried mud. So he's doing some more investigating. And then all of a sudden, he sees some fresh mud. And he witnesses another break-in. So this time, I guess other people, they're, they're waiting for this monster to show back up anyway. Uh, so they think it's Donatello again. So he runs from the mob yet again and follows the mud to this nice and peaceful neighborhood uh, before being confronted by this monster. Which, once again, Josh is, or Jay Weezy is exactly right. We don't know his name yet. And I just thought there were some great layouts here. There's about a two or three page spread of just <laughs> this golem just beating the crap out of poor Donatello. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just slinging around yeah, like a ragdoll. Yeah, manhandling him, yeah. Yeah, like one of my favorite scenes is Donatello, he goes to hit him over the head uh, with his bow staff. It gets caught in his head, and then the monster just whips his head around and swings Donatello to and fro. It's great. So, you know what? That reminds me that, so, if you look at the artwork, even from the beginning of this issue, it reminds me of Batman the Animated Series. Oh, with Clayface. Yeah, very and Clay, Exactly, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, it's just like Clayface. Yeah, I love that because, like, this has got, like, just one truly inventive uh, fight scene that I would not have been able to reproduce in my whole life, where, like, there's this great scene where Donatello hits the it hits the clay guy. We'll get into it, but he hits the clay monster in the face with his bow staff, and it gets stuck. And the golem <laughs> has Donatello's staff stuck in his face, and he turns his head real fast and whips Donatello like into a car. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I could never have thought of that. It's just such an inventive fight, and like poor Donatello knows he's just he's. He's toast. You know, he can only, yeah. like, hope to slow this thing down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Gollum, he, he just warns him. He's like, dude, leave me alone. Just leave me alone. But Donnie, <laughs> you know, to Donnie's credit, even after being slammed into a van, he's he's relentless, and he follows Gollum home. So Donnie, you know, once again, he sneaks up that dark staircase that the Gollum had went up before, and he's actually watching Gollum bringing more medicine and food to this boy. And here is the shocking moment, I think. You noticed, and the layouts are great. You see, you see these little layouts of the food, and it's noticeably rotting and untouched. You see rats kind of surrounding the food and everything. So you know, wait a minute, this this food's been here for a while. And then you get this reveal that the boy that this golem is taking care of is dead. So and I thought that they the artists handled it in a great way because they could have they could have made this almost like a horror movie in, in like a scary story. But I don't, me- I don't think this story was meant to be a scary story at all. Yeah. Um, it, you know, they could have had him rotting and just this bizarre and scary scene. No, they, they kind of backed off of it a little bit. There's only one or two panels where it shows the boy, but it's clear that the, the boy's dead. And Donnie has to explain this to, to the golem that, Hey, that boy's dead. And the poor guy, he just doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand the concept of death. And I think this is where the issue really takes this deep turn. Yeah, I really appreciate what they did with this. Where like they didn't turn it into a horror. They didn't do what I would have done. Where they just turned <laughs> they turned the story into like a body horror. You know, Cronin. <laughs> There's this dead boy over here that you're still obeying for whatever reason. 
and you know like getting its medicine you don't even know what kind of medicine you're giving them you're just getting a medicine you know I'm, yeah sure. he could be getting a multivitamins for all he knows he doesn't know and um they really illustrate a lot by telling you very little by telling you just like the bare bones of the circumstances behind the golem you know it's funny yeah because the kid's face like like you were saying to me i wasn't like i looked at him as he, he doesn't look right like he, yeah. he kind of looks like his face is frozen in a position but you don't really know why yeah and i wasn't positive as to whether or not he was dead but you could tell something definitely wasn't right and i think it was kind of cool because i think it kind of makes it to where it's believable that the golem might think that he's still alive because he still looks relatively normal like a human being like he's not rotted or anything like that right so yeah he must have recently yeah. died yeah yeah and i think this is kind of a turning point for donnie too where he realizes wait a minute this guy's not a bad guy at all you know yeah and donnie tries to explain this and it this is this has got to be hard for donatello because how do you explain death i mean we we know very little about it except for the fact that it's it's gonna happen to us all one day yeah you, know? you can't exactly it's, tell people about it yeah, <laughs> it's hard to explain yeah. but he does and i think donatello does a great job of explaining it he actually it's such a heartwarming and heartbreaking scene at the same time because poor Gollum, he doesn't understand the concept of death and that he was instructed by his master, this man named David, to take care of his son, Ben. So Donnie, he tries his best to explain the concept of death. And he, and he says, and I actually wrote this down because I thought it was good. He said, at some point, there comes a time when we all just stop living, when memory ends and we, we cease to be. We become dead. We die and we don't come back. And Gollum, he's just kind of, he finally realizes that David and Ben, they're gone. Yeah. And, and Donnie inquires about David and, you know, how Gollum came to be. And we start getting his, his origin story after this, but it's, it's a touching scene. So during the flashback, oh, this is Gollum uh, narrating here. He says, David made me care for Ben. David said that he had to leave this world. I was to take care, to take care of Ben while David was gone. I was to give Ben his medicine and food and to take care of his every need. Ben hated his medicine, but he loved it when I read him stories. There were many stories, and David's story is in there, and this is where Gollum points to the computer, and this is kind of where Donatello will eventually figure out how Gollum came to be and, you know, who this David guy was. And this is where things get a little trippy, or maybe not trippy is the right word, kind of deep, I should say. But as this is all happening, as Donatello's having this deep discussion with Gollum, there's a Jewish mob surrounding Gollum's home, which I guess technically it's David's home. And, and they're making their way upstairs, and they overhear Gollum asking Donnie some heartbreaking questions like, will I not be able to remember the beauty of the sun? You know, will I forget my love for Ben? Uh, will you help me not die? And I just think that's so sad. What, what about you guys? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it kind of freaks Gollum out, you can tell, like... He gets totally freaked out because it's the first time he understands the concept of death. Yeah, there's yeah. an end. Yeah. I would argue that he doesn't even know he's alive. He just knows he has something that he has to do. You know, he doesn't know that. Ah, and, true. And, you know, that's kind of what I guess that's kind of what the golems do. I mean, they're pretty prominent in Judaic uh, folklore and all that. And like the biblical Adam is considered a golem, like one of the first golems in literature and um so this guy is just like this hunk of clay who was told to do something and that's what he does and then he finds out that he can think and articulate and you know rhyme reason or whatever and the fact that that 
he won't be able to do that one day, possibly, really freaks him out. Rightfully so. It would freak any one of us out. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so the mob, they burst in. They're shouting, A golem is an abomination before God and must not be allowed to live. So Gollum, here's a pretty cool part. So Gollum, he jumps out the window and he's exclaiming that he wants to live. So I think it's maybe the first time he realizes, okay, I am alive. Death is coming, so I must be alive. You know, I don't think he's ever entertained that thought before. And there's this great panel. This is the one I was referring to earlier where Donnie's about to jump out the window. And we get this really neat sense of motion here. He just does, I, I couldn't explain it. I, I wish I was an artist and I could explain that the technical things that these artists do that I, I find so wonderful, but I can't. But I just can say that that one panel, it's like Donnie's left foot slips out of the panel and the yeah. lines are drawn in such a cool way that makes it look so, like such a chaotic scene. Where he's breaking through the panel there to, to jump yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It was cool, cool touch. I love layouts like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Gollum, he runs out, he steps on the ground or lands on the ground and he keeps saying, I want to live. I want to live. And he starts mutating in size. And the rest of the mob outside, they instruct Donnie to erase the, I guess it's Aleph? Aleph yeah. on Gollum's forehead, which is one of the Hebrew letters. So Donnie then swipes the letter off of Gollum's forehead, seemingly killing him and changing the Hebrew word for truth, which was on his forehead in Hebrew letters, into the Hebrew word for death, which was, wow. It's like, wow, <laughs> things got deep quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then that brings us to our epilogue. And that begins with Donnie doing more research in the sewers, and beside him is Gollum's body. So this is where things get pretty pretty crazy here. Donnie's reading the personal log of David Chanofsky's. He's the guy who I guess was Gollum's master, who theorizes the infinite number of pi. Now, I'm not a math guy, so this was a little hard for me to fathom, but I, I do know the concept of pi. But I'll just read what the, the comic says instead. It says, It is a predestined number while at the same time being an unfathomable code. Unfathomable code. There we go. Unfathomable. Unfathomable. It's hard to say. I can't fathom it. (laughs) Uh, It is therefore transcendental. God is transcendental. God goes on forever. Pi is ubiquitous in nature. The pupil of the eye, the disk of the moon, the circles that spread out from the raindrop falling into a pool of water. So we then get this beautiful and fascinating two-page spread on the origin of Gollum dating way back to Prague of uh, 1580. And I'll just read again. What, if you guys don't mind, I'll just read what it says because I couldn't summarize yeah, it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, it says, Chief Rabbi Judah Lo Ben Bezaliel creates the first Gollum out of clay given life through the Kabbalistic incantation. And I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering these words, guys. But the first Gollum is killed and the remaining clay is locked in this attic until World War II. And David uses the transcendental mathematics and mysticism to somehow create life. And David even muses in his own account. He says, I knew I could create life, but should I? Sure, I thought. Why not? I was dying from an incurable genetic disorder, one that I in turn had unknowingly passed on to my son. And, you know, sad scene here. Once again, the art's telling the story where Gollum, it shows a flashback of Gollum burying David. Um, But Donatello's still reading David's monologue here, which goes on to say, My son, my little boy, my baby that I can no longer protect, I do this for Ben. To Ben, I leave a helper, Gollum, one that will continue the love and caring that otherwise would end with my death. 
for Ben, my love. May he always remember me. So, yeah, just, man, that two-page spread is powerful stuff. It was super confusing for me because I was like, I was like, what, what is going on here? So I, I have no idea what, when I hear Gollum, I think Lord of the Rings. Like I had, (laughs) I had no idea that Gollum was this concept of things that some people think may or may not have actually existed. I, I'm totally confused as to how out there is this concept. Like, sure. Is this, is this, is, does everyone think this is, is fiction or is this something that supposedly actually happened? I don't know. Um, but that's what's Josh, awesome the same about as you. tales. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's why at the beginning, um, where he's talking about, there's all these, all these crazy creatures out here. And I think they're trying to say, we're not trying to say whether or not this stuff existed. We're just saying it may have, it may not get ready, yeah. buckle up. This is going to be crazy. Just come along with me and imagine what if they do exist or did exist. Right. So that it, it enables them to tell a larger story in a way that, you, in something that you would never hear before. So it's really, really cool. It, it kind of opens up the possibilities of what can happen in the comic, which, as we can see, is allowing them to tell them more in-depth stories. Even though this sounds like totally crazy, it allows them to explore the characters a little bit more, which is really, really cool. And yeah, I, I think they did a really good job of trying to give an idea of where he came from and like you said, Rob, you can't really sum it up. You kind of have to read what they wrote because yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if we're even interpreting it right. But uh, it's very, very interesting. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it definitely it evokes a lot of uh, deep things here, you know, for sure. And I think I, I'm with you, Josh. I think it. the writers aren't necessarily taking a stand saying, oh, this is this is true. This is not. I think it's just a, a blend of so many different I- ideologies, I guess you could say. Um, when it's religious or mathematic, there's all kinds of viewpoints in this. But I think there is a central theme, which which we'll get to, especially when Gollum walks away. And but, uh, you end up googling so much to like, I didn't even know, <laughs> I didn't even know Jewish mysticism was a thing. Like, I didn't either. I view those yeah. as two totally separate things, like mysticism and Judaism. They're to me, in my mind, I'm like they're very different. One is like, yeah, sure, yeah, and wow, I had no idea that there was even a thing where they were together. It's like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm getting an education here. That's what religion is, right? I mean, like, religion is basically mythology and folklore. I mean, we just, we've just we just decided to, you know, go to Mass once a week about one specific type of folklore. I mean, there are still people in Greece that uh, worship Hercules or go to Mount Olympus and worship the Olympic gods. There are still people that, you know, tell the tales of Beowulf as if they were real. And there are people that are still waiting for King Arthur to rise out of the sea one day. And it's it the the thing that I really like about this is like in I mean it's kind of like I always say when we talk about Ninja Turtles, you're already accepting the fact that there's Ninja Turtles in this universe. Yeah. The fact that there could be I mean like golems and werewolves and zombies and mysticism and alien invasions, you can kind of accept anything. And that's true. This just kind of reaffirms what I've always thought about the turtles, where they're just the most versatile characters that you can you can do you can literally do any kind of story with them. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. I think you could only get away with that with the turtles. Like what's happening here? It's like this is a turtle. So you kind of almost forget about that. This is a turtles book. It's so right. deep with some parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, that's. I mean, the next issue is an alien invasion issue. The issue before <laughs> this was a blind Leonardo holding a dead cat. You know, it was just it was pretty much like <laughs> uh, you just mixed up two, you hoser. Yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, but see, but that's the thing. It's like, and then a couple issues later, a couple of issues later, Raphael and Casey Jones will be bar fighting somebody. You yeah, know, true. You can do anything with this, and the, the only real complaint I had about this issue was just like all of a sudden, after this big climactic battle in air quotes happens, all of a sudden Donatello is reading notes from a computer, and you don't even realize he's doing it. There's no transition there. It's yeah. just kind of maybe they kind of like ran out of pages and they're like, okay, now we got to go to this thing. So explain <laughs> we're done, you know, which is a very real thing. Like people have deadlines, you know. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Uh, I do love the last part here. Um, it says, so as Donnie's reading David's story here, Gollum actually is in there with him and he reawakens, which startles Donnie. He's like, oh, man. So Donnie wonders how Gollum could still be alive after all that. And Gollum answers with one word. Pie. And Gollum goes on to say, truth, death, two words upon my forehead, they don't mean anything. Truth and death have beginnings and endings, but Pi goes on forever. And then this is the crazy part. So Gollum rips the Hebrew letter- letters off of his forehead to reveal the symbol of Pi beneath. So Donnie, he's just flabbergasted. And finally he asks, so what are you going to do? What a great go home page right here. Gollum walks out of the sewers and into the city, and just before that, he replies, I'll watch and learn and remember. I'll remember everything. The calming embrace of night, birds welcoming the morning, the sun's warmth upon my face, the brave love within David's mind, Ben's smile, his laughter and pain. All of the memories that make up the story that has become my life. And that's how it ends. Man, what a story, huh? Yeah, and I could not imagine drawing all those buildings. On- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought that too. I was like, oh my gosh, that probably took a while. <laughs> Man, there's so much arthritis and carpal tunnels in the artist world. It was yeah. so bad. This had to account for at least two cases. Like, the hand surgeons are like, I love this comic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I didn't even read it, but look at that. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, guys, final thoughts on this issue. Oh, wonderful comic. Yeah, yeah. talk about being like out of left field. Like I, this was not what I was expecting um, because first off, the only turtle you see is Donatello. And it's so weird how the relationship with this podcast and Donatello comic books that we have, because we always <laughs> somehow we always come to Donatello books. And it was just, you know, I'm just I'm just waiting to for us to gloss over the uh Raphael and Casey Jones issue again, you know, because I wasn't on that episode and I want to talk about that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I, but I really love how uh Donatello is the turtle that has these theological episode or uh issues where like it's just it's really about a guy, you know, because like a, a big portion of this book is just it's kind of like a detective story. He's just He's going to these crime scenes and figuring out, well, there's mud. Where is this mud coming from? Where is it going? There's two different paths. I got to follow it. And then he finds this huge thing that is incredibly unbelievable, but he's seeing it in front of him. So it is really cool. You very rarely, and they don't make a big deal of it here, but you very rarely see the stories where the super smart, logical tinkerer character has to accept that religion is a thing. You know, it's just like the super logical guy who would probably balk at the idea of people praying. He has to understand that, you know, if this thing is real, then there is a God out there somewhere. And he doesn't make a big deal about it. He's just kind of like, yeah, of course. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Like you're saying, Josh, that Tales is saying anything can happen, anything may or may not be real, deal with it. And then they tell a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I love that about this comic. I love that it kind of motivated me, motivated me to learn more about this particular uh, Jewish sect of the Jewish religion. I learned that mysticism is a thing. Jewish mysticism is a thing, which is crazy. And um, I feel like this comic totally could have been a Batman the Animated Series story. Just yeah. replace Donatello with Batman. Especially you mentioned uh, the detective thing. I was like, Detective Donatello, that's Rob's favorite toy. Um, yeah. That's right. <laughs> and it's like my favorite uh, animated series, the Batman animated series. It's just like, this is awesome. And I, I love the story that they tell. There's action in it. And to me, I just feel like I learned a lot from it. You take a lot away from this comic, and it, like you guys said, it doesn't even – you forget the fact that it's a Turtles comic. So it just yeah. talks about the range of uh, what they can do. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I completely agree. You kind of forget that it is a term, Turtles comic here. You know, it, it's not really about the Turtles at all. It's just kind of about an abstract idea. You know, is there life after death? You know, what happens when we die? I mean, it's, it's weird. It's like we, if we combine both – both stories, I wish we could talk about the Jim Lawson one, but unfortunately we're out of time. But if you combine both stories, we get a sense that there are just some things that we cannot explain, some things we don't know. And that's kind of where faith and hope yeah. and life come into play. You know, and one one of the vibes I got was um, that Gollum just wants to appreciate the little things that are so easily overlooked and overshadowed by our busy lives. Um, and, and Steve Murphy's storytelling along with uh, Disraeli's artwork Man, what a cohesive and collective masterpiece just to create a story that's so beautifully told and presented to us, you know? It's that's I I don't it's I'm almost speechless. Like on on the surface this is just a turtles comic, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a random comic to add to your collection, you know, it, yeah. on the surface. But you reread it. Like I encourage our listeners, read it, then reread it. Then go back and look at the artwork and, you know, read it without reading the words or look at it without reading the words. Check out every single detail that's included in each panel. Appreciate the story that's told through the artwork. That's what Josh well, does. He can't read anyway. He just looks at the pictures. <laughs> I was just going to say, you oh, might that's have, great. at least at first glance, you might want to read the dialogue because there's a cameo from Hitler. And he's like, oh, that's of- true. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. But what's going on context, here? You might have some questions. He's like, uh, <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, turn, turn dark on us. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a bonus at the end as well, right? The question. There's a little uh, the comic at the end after the letters. We didn't talk about that. So real quick, uh, there's a, a little story at the very end called the question, and it's Professor o- Obligato. Is that how you say it? Badula Obligata, maybe? I don't know. Uh, so there's an Utron professor who has a bunch of kids in a classroom, and one of the kids asks him uh, a question. What happens if we fall off the universe? So it it kind of puzzles him, and it you can tell it bothers him, and he tries to figure out the answer. So he goes and he travels across <laughs> time and space to try to figure out what the answer is, uh, and ends up seeing um, what if there truly is nothing at the end of the universe? Is there a black yeah. hole? He doesn't know how to answer it. So uh, I just I love this this little bonus at the end, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of there's some things we just can't answer, uh, like do golems exist or not? There's some things you can't answer, and it messes with you, and you just have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, and, and then going back to the golem story, you know, this this is a heck of a story that we could with a theme that we could all apply to our lives. You know, just live. 
You know, just just go out there and live, cherish it all. It's kind of like what Gollum's saying at the very end. And and if I could say anything else, you know, I've always believed that comic books can just like elicit and express emotions and ideas just as effectively as any other form of literature. You know, I think comics get a bad rap a lot, but I, it's not fair. You know, and this book does that. A Ninja, a Ninja Turtles book of all things. Yeah. You know, that's the power of a good story that we can all relate to as members of the human race. So just give this comic a, a chance. If you've not read any of the tale stuff, guys, you owe it to yourselves, not just as Turtles fans, but not even just as comic book fans, but just members of the human race. Go check this stuff out. There's some great stuff that is so underrated that's been written and drawn in just these few issues. Yeah, you know, I kind of, I this was what I was kind of hoping that TMNT Universe was going to do, where it was just the non sequitur one-offs, not tied into anything. There's no overarching story. Just like, hey, here's a weird thing about a mud man, and hey, there's Donatello. You know, and just, I don't, I, and you know what? I, I Comic books, like you were saying, often get a bad rap. Ninja Turtles get a bad rap for being kids' stuff. And if, if anybody's open to having their mind changed about the, that's the caveat. They have to, they have to be open to giving the turtles a chance. Give them this book and be like, this is just one percent. This is a drop in the bucket of what the turtles have to offer. Where like because Absolutely. the majority of Ninja Turtles books are not these long form storylines. They are these one off mini series or single issue stories of just the lives of the Ninja Turtles, where it's just, it's not always Cowabunga, Pizza, and Shredder. It's them just kind of like just doing, my favorite issues are just when the Ninja Turtles are just kind of like living life. You know, I mean, like, what would life be like if you couldn't get up, go out of the sewers for half the day? That's what it is. You fight mud people, apparently. (laughs) That's true. I'll never get, I'll never get tired of being like, oh, this is the episode where Donatello punches a mud man. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, this is, this is what I took from the issue. I love all the theology. I, Jay Weeze is going to be a theologist scholar now, and he's going to be given uh, <laughs> speeches at Carnegie Hall in a year. And I'm just over here like, oh, yeah, punch a mud person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I loved about this stupid book. It was just like, oh, scrape the nameplate off of his head. <laughs> that guy, he's got a name tag. Take it off. <laughs> just everything done. <laughs> oh, great stuff, guys! Well, hey, Josh, you dude, you picked a good one, man. That this was one of the best issues I've I've read ever. I put this in my top five. It's it's definitely really. It was totally a random pick. It's awesome. And if you guys do want to watch this, it's actually or sorry, if you want to read this, I just found it on Comicsology.com. This is it's inside of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Tales of the TMNT Volume Five. Uh, it's normally eleven ninety nine, sold for four ninety nine. So for five wow. bucks, you get the path, Kaddish. The path is Rob's favorite, where he cries. Uh, oh yeah, clunk the cat. Um, Every time, <laughs> Kaddish, which is the issue we just watched, uh, read, and uh, the Quick and the Dead and Paris Nocturne. So I will post a link to this on our Facebook page for you guys that want to see it. But totally worth the five bucks for probably some of the best Ninja Turtle stories you'll ever read. Definitely check it out. I'm gonna have to look Man, that, that up. That is a steal. Five yeah. bucks. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for that, Josh. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, because I think they're doing a bunch of Ninja Turtle sales right now, especially with the, the Tales volume, so that that's fantastic news. All right, guys. Well, I guess that wraps up the uh, the comic issue. It was great to go down the memory lane of the Tales again. That was awesome. And speaking of Tales, I'm doing that monthly show. My goal is to release the first episode of Turtle Tales on March 1st, or maybe even a little bit earlier. 
And I'm just going to go in chronological order, just covering the issues from volume one all the way up to volume two, the last issue. So it's going to be a, quite a long project, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I love these books. So, guys, if you want to send us an email, our email is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at turtleflakes. And we have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. Uh, we do have a TurtleCom hotline. It's all toll free. Just give us a call if you want to talk about this particular issue or Ninja Turtles in general or maybe the question of the week, whatever it might be. Just give us a call. Let, let us know what you're thinking, and we'll air your message on the show. The number is 865-309-4875. And as always, a big slice of pizza goes out to TMNT Entity at tmntentity.blogspot.com and Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday on YouTube. Uh, that is Anthony Hernandez's uh, toy review show where he covers a lot of classic and modern Ninja Turtle toys. It's all family-friendly. Just search up that show title or Bat Bomb 82 and you'll find them. We're also proud partners of the Retro Gaming Times Magazine, which is a online magazine dedicated to retro games and retro electronics. And the website for them is classicplastic.net slash TRT. And of course, last but not least, certainly not least, is Josh's Turtle Tracks blog. Would you like to talk about what you've been working on there, Josette? Yeah, uh, the Turtle Tracks blog is a website that I have where I just comment on uh, movies, uh, video games, toys, and I also just give my own thoughts of uh, just I have a lot of editorials where I talked about, you know, the most recent one that I wrote was how Resident Evil 2, the remake of Resident Evil 2, should actually be a launching point for the series being rebooted completely. And they should just make Ooh. Resident Evil 3 next. And just Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that would be that would be a doozy, man, because I know a lot of people are excited about a potential Resident Evil 8, but I kinda hope that they'll go I I, I mean I Resident Evil 8's gonna be the next game, but I'm kinda hoping it'll just be Resident Evil 3 and then go forward from there. And uh, on top of that, you can also find me on YouTube. I have a gaming channel called Turtle Tracks Games uh, where you can watch. I'm going to start. I, I've been really lax on recording and writing this week because I've been really sick. But I'm finally feeling good, uh, doing doing a lot. Glad to hear it, man. But uh, on YouTube, you can find me on Turtle Tracks Games where you can watch me play video games badly. Um, so... Having a lot of fun with that, so there'll be more content coming soon. I just gotta, I just gotta get back in the headspace of getting it because I was really consistent for a while, and then I start sneezing for one day, and I'm just done for a <laughs> week, and so that's me. I I'm, hear you, buddy. I'm, I'm getting all there. about hard work until something goes wrong, even once. So <laughs> there it is. All right. Well. uh and, you know, last but not least, Jay Weezy, thank you for coming on, man. I've, we, we have really missed you. No joke. Well, it's been really good to get back. Uh, you guys know how crazy life is, but uh, I'm not going Amen. anywhere, even though Joshua works trying to get rid of me. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So I, I will definitely be back. I, I really hope to be back on uh, the next episode because uh, I'm really excited about that comic issue. And I, I don't know, guys. Should, oh, awesome. I, I'm stuck, right? Because... I'm not sure what's going on with Karai. What's going on with uh, with Splinter? Do I have you guys fill me in so I'm not lost, or do I take the time and go back and read it all? I don't well, know do how big both. of a spoiler it's going to be. It's like I would just say do both because that's what I did. Because Rob has kept. I kind of took a year off from the IDW books, mm -hmm. and uh, Rob told me filled me in basically from issue seventy to issue ninety when we started. Uh, the mutation station again last month. I came in with issue ninety. Okay. And, okay. And I was just shocked 
And I mean, it didn't ruin anything because I don't know how everything got there exactly. But I mean, I bought the books and I'm going to read them. So I would just go like on Wikipedia or something, get the cliff notes and then just slowly start rereading it. But like stay consistent with the current book coming out like we just did 91. Get 91. It's a really good book. It's the beginning of the City at War storyline. So, I mean, now is as good a time as any for an entry point for you. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I was. that's why I was like, am I going to regret it if I read the Cliff's Notes? But I'm glad you've been there, and I'll, I'll take your advice. I'll trust you this time. Yeah, <laughs> this time. Yeah. Yeah, this time. That's right. <laughs> or did I set you up for failure? Ah, uh, uh, Josh ruins everything. Uh, oh, look at that. <laughs> Go, go, Power um, Rangers. Oh, man. <laughs> Just every time I'm up to something, you're going to hear that. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to sing along. I just have to. Yeah. Um, so, Jay Weezer, I would also recommend that you read Shredder in Hell or at least get caught up on it, too. Oh, I don't know if yeah. Shredder's going to play a part in this story arc, but I know that Karai is probably going to bring him up in the conversation. First of all, that's a great comic book. Yeah. And second of all, if Shredder doesn't show up in this story arc, he's still going to show up somewhere. So <laughs> it's it's good, man. I think you'll really like it. Cool. So, guys, the question we all want to know is uh, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out another totally tubular episode of Turtle Flicks? Uh, I'm thinking brisket. Oh, that's yeah, great. brisket, man. What do you think, Rocksteady? Yeah, sure. Why not, man? I'm always I'm I'm pretty boring. I'm pretty safe with my pizza toppings, where it's just like there's like a couple of kinds of meats that I use, a couple of kinds of veggies, Chicken. but like. I do love a good brisket, man. You know, uh, you, barbe- right. barbecue you, brisket. Yeah, man. Either way, man, you get that stuff caramelized on there. You get it cooking all day. Oh, you know what you're doing. Now good. you're gonna throw it on top of a pizza. It could ruin either one, but I want to be there to see if it sticks the landing. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Well, that was perfectly said. Yeah. Well, well, all right, dudes and dudettes. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of Turtle Flakes. In episode 127, we are going to be returning to the IDW mutation. And as I had mentioned before, hopefully we'll get to talk to artist Michael, I always say it wrong, Dialinus, who is currently drawing the issue. So it's incredibly exciting to, to talk to somebody who's right in the thick of it right now. So the next episode, we'll be talking about that. And if you have any feedback on that, you know what to do. Just send us an email or give us a call. Let us know. So on behalf of the gang and myself, Here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, your family, and a mega slice of brisket pizza. Barbecue Calabunga brisket dudes. pizza, man. Barbecue. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I had one rock. word. Always... Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stick a landing. Yeah, I uh, I read that one and put it on the site, and then the newest one, 91, or maybe the second newest one, the IDW series, they're both on the server, so if you guys want, um, I can resend you the link if you want to look it up when we're talking. Dude, what the f*** your voice, man? Oh, I you hear that too. Dude, you sound man, like you're, you're like smoke, man. You're like, I'm talking like this. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I thought you were like doing your Yeah, you still sound that way. <laughs> Do I? Yeah, really? yeah. You, you sound, you like, sound this. like uh Andre the Giant, man, in Princess Bride. <laughs> must be the internet connection or something. Hello, lady. Hi. Here, let me, uh... I'll, be, I'll reboot and I'll be right back. Let me try. Sounds like yeah, Gary White. Oh, baby. <laughs> A little lower. How about this, baby? <laughs>
Don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's great. This is what nightmares sound like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh, dude, you picked a good comic, by the way. I love this comic. This was a good book. Oh, my this, God. It's crazy. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I started reading it. I was like, oh crap! I'm gonna buy these comics now, aren't I? Josh O'Rourke, this is the devil. You left your cards at my place, dude. Don't around like that, man. Don't do it. Ah! All right, I'm gonna reboot. Hi, right, buddy. Oh. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, oh I don't gosh. play around with my ghosts, and man, I don't do that. No, no. This is... <laughs> I don't play that. It's like my it's like my one irrational hangup. It's like, nope, I don't, nope, nope. I don't necessarily believe in that, but I, I think at, at a certain point, your mind kind of makes some stuff up, you know? Um, where it's like, I saw I saw a little girl, and she threw a clock at me. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> she wanted to see how time flies. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I was terrible. I am so sorry. You'd be one of those laid-back ghosts, like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, hey. <laughs> Just sit there, your fridge. I'd be like the slimer of ghosts, just like sitting there in your fridge and be like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I forgot." Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but uh, scary. Ooh, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it, huh? Let's do it. Yeah. Now, now that my voice is all scraggly and stuff because of uh, the cold I had, I kind of sound like Corey Feldman a little bit more. But I haven't broken out Corey Feldman in a long time. There's right? a reason for that. <laughs> oh. oh, you hose it. That's why I haven't been on in so long. He just kept doing Corey Feldman, and I was like, yeah, you know, I know. I like, you know Gosh, Jay Weezy drops out because of Corey Feldman. It's like, I don't have an alternate. What am I going to do? I have to be on the show. And I said, hey, you expecting maybe the Adams family? <laughs> You're not even. Oh, are you recording good. yet, man? You got to get this. Oh, I, uh, yes, I got it. All right. Got, it. All right. got him. Got him.